hear ye, hear ye. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Self-Medicated Podcast for October 19th, 2020. Mm. On point with it today. Practice that. Yeah, I did. Actually, <laughs> I just looked it up <laughs> while the beat was playing. But uh, you already know what it is. It's your host, The Wayfair, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, a.k.a. Jon Snow, because I know absolutely nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Here, as always, with the captain of the igloo, young, popular, and friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter. A.K.A. One Pop Poppy, A.K.A. The Bottom Feeder. Um, we're going to do it old school, I guess, and do housekeeping okay. now. Because <laughs> we forgot to do that before the beat drop. Hey, so man, the magic editing, they won't even know. You never will know. So, <laughs> yeah, make sure you go follow us on Instagram at The Self Mad Pod. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening to this at, whether it's on Apple, which according to our statistics, 75% of our listeners mm, are listening. There we go. But we also see y'all listening on Stitcher and Apple uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and uh, Alexa and pretty much everywhere else. I want to meet for, the person that's using Stitcher. Who are you? Who are they? Yeah, who are they? Because they're consistent too. <laughs> they, they, it's always at least never, one download. Never heard anybody like, yeah, I listen. Use listen Stitcher. On Stitcher, yeah. yeah. So Shout out to them though. Yeah. Pick um, up yeah. yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Make sure you go check out the over the counter episodes. Those come out every single Friday on those episodes, except for this week. Did I put the episode out this week? Uh, you got it kind of late, so that was my bad. But uh, I don't think it was put out. Well, at least maybe you put it out. I don't know if we made a post on IG. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but usually those come out every single Friday. Those are the episodes where we engage with our fans, our listeners. Uh, Pick topics directly from y'all, and y'all can actually join those shows. So whether you want to call in or uh, whatever it may be, just send us a DM, hit us up. We'll make sure we figure it out. The, uh, the, the waiver that I'm supposed to put out here is that we will not record you live. <laughs> we will arrange a time to talk to you, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, so, yeah, make sure y'all go check out the over-the-counter episodes every single Friday. Um, this week's organic shout out, we haven't shouted out another pod in a minute, True. but this, um, this organic shout out goes to the Carmine, Carmine Davis show, uh, Carmine, Carmine, <laughs> Carmine. <laughs> Carmine, 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 yeah. Carmine Davis, like Carmichael show. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Carmine Davis <laughs> at Carmine Davis show on Instagram. So this is hosted by uh, a pop singer, songwriter and influence Carm. Mine, David. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a dry and witty podcast. They put it out every single Thursday. On the last episode, this is interesting because on the last episode, they talked about Tim Norman's murder for hire case. Are you familiar with this? Nah. You know about Sweetie Pies in St. Louis? Uh, I remember hearing some wild shit with that brother. That Yeah, but I don't know the details. Yeah, it's some of wild shit. So Carmine, Carmine goes into that. <laughs> this nigga would hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they go into that. They also pull up a an uh, interesting topic that I, is, is like self medicated worthy. Why arguing with your significant other makes you horny? Um, that sounds like some. Yeah, I don't have that that issue. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend folks getting listening a to peace that of mind makes my dick hard. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> that, y'all niggas. Yeah. <laughs> Facts, uh, but yeah, make sure you go show them some love. Make sure you let them know the self self medicated podcast sent you. Uh, follow them on IG and yeah, okay. shout shit. out to them, Carmine, 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 Carmine. I mean, I listen. It's the English language, you know. E at the end supposed to be the, the previous. It's a black only. person, so like you never know how they might freak it on you. Mm-hmm. you know? 
knowing it no might one, not be neither one of those. Right, knowing niggas is Carmen A. Right, I'm gonna get mad. We saying that we're right, wrong. Right, so. right, right. But yeah, shout out to them. Um, all right, let's get into it, man. What, what was your week like? How was your week been? Oh man, I've had a good week, man. Um, I haven't worked this week, so I've been chilling. <laughs> hey, uh, it's funny because last week they were trying to get me to work on my birthday, and um. The Thursday I was on takeoff, so Thursday and Friday, and they were really freaking out because the other manager has vertigo. I don't think that nigga got vertigo. I think he don't want to come to work, but because uh, they started bringing the students back. Uh, but then, um, like three of the special needs kids tested positive, and they ended up shutting the school right back down. So that shit wasn't even open for a week before they shut it back down again. But um, so now, like, I've been able to. Not have to worry about them trying to get me to work, come and work, and I can just enjoy my vacation. And I'm really excited because I have your new AKA. Oh, God. <clears throat> that was just a clue. So if you know, you know. So, um, yeah, look at me like, what, what is it going to be? Yeah, so you're going to hate it and love it. Um, <laughs> I just got to get the sound, sound effects for it together. Um, if you are. A listener that is really into listening to the whole podcast, you would have already got a preview of this within the last few weeks. I'm not gonna say when, so you don't start looking for it. Yep. But it's at some point in the podcast. I'm not gonna say when, but at some point in the podcast you get a clue. (laughs) It's a clue or the actual nickname? It's a clue. Okay. The nickname it's a sound effect for the nickname, but the nickname, yeah. It's That's a clue from a previous episode too, as far as the nickname. Interesting. I'm not okay. gonna say which one that was either. Yeah, you building yeah. up the anticipation <laughs> so. now. Can I ask you a question about vertigo? Go ahead. Is that a real thing? Uh, I've only known it, known about it from um from the show we were just talking about from Arrested Development. Okay. <laughs> but also, actually, um, a girl I dated, her mother had vertigo, okay. and um, like, yeah, that really throws your shit off. You can't even like walk straight. I felt. I think it feels like, kind of like you just went off the world's craziest roller coaster. Oh, okay. equilibrium is thrown off. Okay. He said this is a real thing. <laughs> well, because it's one of those kind of, it's hard to confirm type yeah. things. You know what I mean? Like this is a is totally a personal feeling, mm. right? Like it's not. Yeah. It's not really True. nothing. True. And I'm I'm looking at. Um, it doesn't have like any outward syndrome. Like, oh, her eyes crooked. You exactly, know, she got vertigo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a, a personal thing, low key. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is very very interesting because like <clears throat> this is one of those things that you cannot. It's it's one of those things that you will feel bad if mm-hmm. you don't believe the person telling you. <laughs> exactly. That's why I was like, I don't think this nigga wanna come to work. Because he's like, nobody wants, the week before, he's like, nobody wants to be here. We don't want to be here when the kids come back. Yeah. Like, Teachers don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. We don't want to be here. Vertigo, like, Two days before. <laughs> is, um, if you tell, like, your boss or supervisor that you feel like you have vertigo, like, vertigo isn't necessarily diagnosable. It's not a, a disease. Mm. It's not a condition. It's like migraines to me. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like kind of, oh, I just have to assume you feel dizzy. Right. Like, and I'm going to look crazy if I don't agree with right. you. Right. It's kind of weird. It's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. So add that to the list of like <laughs> good excuses for work. <laughs> it's like, exactly. I got vertigo, bro. I'm dizzy. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like it has a time frame on when it heals. What are, what's the difference between vertigo and hangover? 
I've never been so hungover. When I've been drunk, I've felt like I've had vertigo, but when I'm hungover, I never felt like I couldn't like navigate properly. It's just it's more difficult than what it normally is, but I can still do it without like stumbling and knocking shit over. Have you ever woke up drunk? Definitely. Yeah. So that first first couple seconds when you wake up, uh, drunk, that might be that's yeah, vertigo, that's vertigo. Right? That, to yeah, me. Doctor Troy, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's vertigo, bro. That makes sense. I can see that. So if if especially if, if you like wake up to go to the bathroom or something, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if that is the condition, if that's what it feels like when you have like, I guess regular non alcohol induced mm-hmm. vertigo, if that's what it feels like for you to like get a a, a bout. A vertigo or something I can see how that could be Very very yeah, Work looking drunk as fuck Yeah 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 yeah, yeah And also that true. shit like Fucks with your stomach Like you feel mm. mo- I've seen motion sickness And other things mm. come up with that So like they're Kind of similar nauseous feelings hmm. um, okay. Along with the dizziness But also You could just be lying Shout out to vertigo Shout out to vertigo man. <laughs> uh, Not to be <laughs> Never mind <laughs> I was gonna say Not to be uh, Confused with Vitiligo? <laughs> Two different things. I was talking to someone and they had uh, vitiligo. I was like, oh, you got that Michael Jackson disease. Right. I did not like that comment. Mm. <laughs> That's actually really funny, though. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my humor isn't appreciated by all. I know that. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Um, <laughs> this was a very interesting week for me. I guess uh, it was work intensive. Another one? Yeah, another work intensive. Another, another um, it was very interesting. Just new people starting. I got a new boss again, finally. Oh, they finally hired somebody? Finally. So, for the last six months, I have not had a direct supervisor. That's a long ass time. You get used to not having one. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, there's that. And then I also started my program this week. So, it's been busy Pro- at work. Program? What you mean, brother? Yeah, I do a... Um, uh, 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 a leadership development program at my okay. job, which okay. is like a mixture of kind of like leadership and skill development. I think in terms say of leadership and development. <laughs> it's a mixture of leadership, and, of leadership development. and development. <laughs> but it's like leadership development, but also kind of skills okay. um, around like policy advocacy and young people using their voices. So I, I hmm. run like a 26 week program that meets every Friday. Um, that I have to like recruit for. Week. Yep, God, that's a long time. Yep, it is. At least it's yep. once a week, but still, that's consistent. That's a long time. Very consistent. Half a year. Yep, it is a long time. It's basically a school year. It's two semesters. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's lit though. So I have. Uh, I'm in charge of the program. I have to like recruit, interview, build the curriculum, all mm-hmm. of that shit for the whole for the whole program. So that started on Friday. Friday was our first day for this cohort. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited about it because it adds some structure, adds some consistency. It means my schedule is a little bit more normalized. Mm-hmm. And okay. the fact that I have a boss means I can give her some of the responsibilities that True. I've had to take on. True. So, like, I'm actually really excited because I, a shit ton is going to be coming off my plate. So okay. I'm gonna, it's going to be a little bit more balanced. So I'm excited for it. Very, very excited for that. Okay. The United States is having some very, very interesting uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, understanding that election day is what, eighteen days away? Damn, seventeen, something like that. November second, right? Or sixth? I don't know. 
third, this fourth. Is, it's your arena. I know. <laughs> he said third, fourth. <laughs> Something like it that. It don't fucking matter. <laughs> I think it's the third. Niggas don't want to pick either candidate, so it don't fucking matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm so not excited about this election, man. This is about to be... Um, so here's the thing. I know it's like the second Tuesday or first, first Tuesday. Tuesday. Right? Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I don't think that uh I don't think that whoever wins is gonna win in the landslide. That's number one. Mm. Uh November third. Okay. Um yeah. that's number one. Number two is gotta mail my ballot in, I keep forgetting. Oh, you're doing the mail in? Yeah, um, I might do early voting just so I could take that day. Oh, this gets published. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was but. talking to somebody. I was talking to DZ, and um, she, you had said something like, "Oh, we're going to delete this," and I reversed it. She was like, uh, <laughs> "I was like, I like keeping that shit in." She was like, "Why don't you just take it out?" I was like, "I like keeping it in because then people are like, what the fuck did he mm-hmm, say?' Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be another one of those for y'all." <laughs> I enjoy that too. I do that with podcasts. I'd be listening to it. like I'll run it back, try to see if I can figure out the context clues and shit. Um, but yeah, so we are November um, November third is the. Election, so we're what is that day super busy for you, or is that kind of like a regular day? Um, it's kind of I don't like know a you necessarily, day. yeah, working the policy aspect. I, I know you work more in the policy than the electoral part, yeah, it's definitely more policy, but um, low key, I'll probably not. head name that is that fall. Is it yes, where do you vote at by your house? Um, there's a like an old folks home literally on my block. Oh, the side of that yeah, park. When, yeah. I don't know what is was that Sheridan? Yeah, that's super close. Sheridan and Leland. Yeah, we just walk over there. Yeah, that's what I do with mine. Mine is at the library on that street. I passed by your library. I was doing something. I was driving by here on Clark, and Getting I seen some tacos. That. <laughs> it wasn't tacos. What was I doing over here? Oh, I found a cigar shop. I found a smoke shop on Clark. Really? Yeah. So hmm. I don't even remember the name of this spot. But mm-hmm. shout out to Buddy. His name is Nick, who runs the spot. On Clark. <laughs> on Clark, yeah. It's not too, too not far Not Sheridan? No, it's, it's definitely on Clark. And it's closer to your crib than mine. Huh. Um, okay. It's like a regular tobacco store, but he has like a huge cigar selection. Hmm. Um, and I noticed he got a couple chairs and like a like a one of them older school TVs. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, we could probably fat, come. fat ass, thick ass TVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we could probably like, okay. I think he definitely would be open to us coming to chill. Okay. <clears throat> uh, he was talking shit about Big's Mansion. He was like that bougie shit. He was like, <laughs> he was like, see, I like I like everybody. He was like mm-hmm. places like that only like certain people. He was like, I True. like everybody, so I try to accommodate you know everybody. Saying? Niggas trying to build the network. Though. Yeah, shout out to Nick, man. Rob Bebbles with the. Bougie people sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure. Shout out to what was Buddy's name? David. Uh, <laughs> what was his name? Nah, Arthur. Uh, <laughs> Some shit. <laughs> what was his name? Oh, what was his name? He was a hoot. <laughs> Fuck. He, he has a a one of them white guy names. Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew. Andy, because he wanted to be called Andy. Andy. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, you're yep, right. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, shout out to Andy. I like. I want to hear. I want to see him again and hear. Some of them drug stories, bro. <laughs> you know he got some good coke stories. You just know it. You just know it. He got some stories. So I tried to segue into the election and then went, went left. left. <laughs> but you, so um, 
your boy Donnie. Donnie says that he's not staying in the United States if Biden wins, right? Yeah, he know he's going to jail. So here's the thing. That's that. <laughs> this is that. I'm glad you said that because he's going to jail, but he just told y'all he's fleeing mm-hmm. if you try to take him to jail. <laughs> So this is what I appreciate about Trump, bro. He be telling y'all exactly what the and fuck why is shit up. Why not happen to him? And not shit, they're not even gonna try to arrest him. I don't think. Not as yeah. I think so. It depends on what what he's going to jail for. I think they're gonna try to send him to jail for that fucking Ukraine shit, and I okay. don't think it's worth it. I was gonna say tax, uh, some tax shit. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I don't think I don't. The funny part is I don't think he's been evading taxes. I think he's been paying the taxes he's supposed, he's supposed to pay. To pay. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> fucked up. But um, so yeah, so there's, there's this, so much shit he could go to jail for. Now. It's a lot. Yeah, you know you're right. Because <laughs> um, ah um, oh, fuck, I wish I read this more, but I remember reading something last week about how. The company that he was promoting as finding a vaccine, he somehow owns a interest in as far as yep. stock in the company. Yep. So something like that, that's illegal. He, he's done his numerous signs, so that's what makes it so like tricky to determine what exactly what one thing he would go to jail for for me. Because it seemed like he's just done so much bullshit. Not only that, the people that are in charge of bringing crimes against him probably aren't. Yeah, he put the niggas in power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's oh no. What I will say is a lots of and I think we brought it up last time, but lots of people have been alluding to Donald Trump not uh the the peaceful transition of power. Mm. And uh I think I had this take last week. I believe that Donnie feels that as long as he can delay the inauguration if he yeah. loses that he feel like he feels like he wins. Hmm. <clears throat> so that, inauguration is usually like mid January, right? Yeah, something like that. I believe that if Trump can hold that up, mm-hmm. then he will feel successful. So you don't think he's on? Because like, I feel like he basically has one or two options now: is either to flee as soon as possible, or to try and stay and fight. So you think he's going to try to stay and fight? Yep. Then flee as soon as possible? Yep. I think he's going to Russia. <laughs> Ooh. He's going to fight, and then he's going wanna, to Russia. He don't want to live in Russia, but I can no. see that because they want to extradite him. Exactly. But I feel like he would go somewhere else where he wouldn't be extradited. Cuba? <laughs> somewhere where Sada? you fucked up the public, our, our relationship with them where we know. <laughs> Cuba would be one of them. Right. <laughs> nah, you're going with Tupac, nigga. They used to can hit you the club imagine, back in the day. Can you imagine... Tupac, Asada, and Donnie around a fucking campfire somewhere <laughs> sharing war story. Oh God, that'd be the wildest. Oh man, I saw a, a it was definitely Photoshop, but I don't think they could tell because they're older people. I saw some older people online arguing about Donald Trump being more supportive of the black community than Joe Biden. Mm. And it was a picture of like Shaba Ranks and Yellow Cat and Donald Trump, <laughs> black and white. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. You could tell it's like in a like a uh hole in the wall reggae club. I was like, this is so this, this nigga had a suit on. I'm like, this is not That's <laughs> funny. Because all people can't tell the difference between right. <laughs> but, They're arguing like, what, but Joe Biden. I was like, these I want to say, but the photo was fake. I just let him have a little moment. Right. That shit was hilarious to me. Yeah, Donnie is wild. 
<laughs> and, and I'm entertained at, yeah. at this point. Um, you know, I have a lot of peers or colleagues that are like legitimately terrified, mm. right, mm-hmm. by Donald Trump, and I understand that. Yeah, but excuse me, I also understand job security, mm-hmm. and I recognize that in our line of work, in my line of work, that a Donald Trump presidency is. Uh, creates a political environment that ensures that it would be necessary for my organization to exist. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. When you have folks like um, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden in office or Barack Obama in office, mm-hmm. then the problem becomes they agree with you. Mm. So there's nothing to fight about. Right. And my job, I just told you about the program that I do. My job is to get young people involved politically. Do you know how much easier it is to get young people to do shit when they're fighting or arguing or if there's a lot of fight? Exactly. Yeah. So like a few years ago when we had the budget impasse in Illinois, it was super easy to get young people to want to go down to Springfield and talk shit because their classes were getting cut. Their, mm. you know, school was expensive for them. It was relevant to them. Yeah. But if we're in an environment where, like, shit low-key is kind of gravy, right? <laughs> like, policies are mm. being changed that are in your best interest. Well, what the fuck is my job? Do you for? tend to work with just one side of the... Me personally? Yeah. No. My... I was say, if you work both on both sides of the aisle, you can... Well, what's interesting about what I do is I'm actually, uh, technically speaking, the organization is a a nonpartisan organization. Mm -hmm. Um, That means a whole lot of things for those of for you for those who know know, but Mm -hmm. like that don't really mean shit. Mm -hmm. People are very partisan still, even by the issues that they work on. Yeah. Uh, But what I do specifically in my role. Is just get young people involved. I don't give a shit who you vote right, for. Okay. I don't give a fuck where you land. I don't give a fuck if you Trump 2020 or Kanye 2020 or Biden 2020. I don't care. <laughs> but I do want you involved. Gotcha. Right? Because I believe once you get involved, once you start learning the rules of the game, you can play the actual game instead of getting played by the game. Gotcha. There's an analogy I used on Friday with my program. It's like if you're, if you're teaching someone how to play chess, there's two ways you could do it. You can teach them the rules necessary to make the next move, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or you can teach them every move possible on the board and let them determine how to make their moves. Mm. And right now what's happening to young people, especially young black and brown people, is that we're getting told just enough of the rules to make our next move and not to understand the game, strategize around the entire game, mm. et cetera. Hmm. Uh, so that's what my job is. It's like, okay. hey, did y'all know you only got to be 18 to be alderman in Chicago? Yeah, something like that. Most <clears throat> people wouldn't know. They, they wouldn't know. Yeah. Do you understand that aldermen have more power than the mayor in Chicago? That I did not know. So do you understand that we could have a third of the aldermen in Chicago that are 18 that run the mayor? Like these and are things that <laughs> these are things that we need yeah. to know about. You know and what I'm saying? And as an 18 year old, you're going to make more money being an alderman than you would than you at would. any other job you can get Ever make. Unless you're like a genius programmer or some bullshit like that. Even, yeah. well, yeah, 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 nah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Just things to think about. Mm-hmm. Things to think about. Yeah, I don't think young people, especially 18-year-olds, think about a career in politics. I think they have to assume you have to go to school first mm-hmm. for it. Or some, you have to go to school for something similar to it. But 
Now you can just get into politics. Yeah, you could just start doing <laughs> do some other shit. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, so Ice Cube caught a lot of heat. Speaking of talking about both sides, right, and Where thinking about this, the different yeah, aisles. Segue. <laughs> Ice Cube caught a lot of heat for, I guess, helping advise on Trump's platinum plan for Black people. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's talk about the marketing of the platinum plan. Okay, you better not say nothing crazy because I'm because we never talked about get your ass to the polls. So I don't want to hear. Wait, we didn't. I thought we played that on here. Uh, uh-uh, we didn't get to it. We didn't have we had we didn't have enough time. Okay, so <laughs> so um, insert song here. <laughs> yeah. Ice Cube apparently got uh, credit from the Republican Party. I don't know if it was specifically Trump's administration, but the Republican Party for help structuring. Uh, the platinum plan. So the mm. platinum plan is the Trump's administration or Trump campaigns, uh, 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 black agenda for lack of a better word mm. around economic empowerment for black people it includes, you know, basically stimulus money for niggas. Yeah, I think it was like 500 billion, 500 billion. Yeah. Which anyway, is like a third of our national deficit right now. But anyway, let's just keep going. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's a bunch of things basically that are specific uh, policies to try to help reverse some of the systemic racism and policies that have been enacted against black people, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in design or, or in being, uh, in designing this program, the administration uh, consulted with Ice Cube and his organization that is around like politics, loosely, okay. right? Um, and it was interesting because he got a lot of shit, obviously, for working mm-hmm. with the Trump campaign. Um, so obviously, more details came out, right? Like basically, he was basically presenting his plan to anyone who would listen. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, which is fine for me. Fine with me. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he was. Uh, it came out that they had been trying to meet with the Trump administration for a while. Okay. And finally, were able to meet with them. So that's why, like, now is why they were able to meet and why the mm-hmm. story came out. The other thing that I, to my understanding, that's important here contextually is that um, there was no meeting with Trump. Uh, so you kind of met like some of his advisors or something exactly, like that. Exactly, the actual policy people yeah. instead of it being like a photo op type thing. Which I feel Trump. like is pretty common. Yes, that's the normal right? way. Like, I don't think niggas is just meeting the president. So that's because you saw Kanye do it. Nah, see, (laughs) and that's the thing. So people in my line of work, when we see shit like that, we know nothing got done, right? Because you're not talking to nobody that knows what they're talking about. Mm. (laughs) The the um, like the legislator, the front person, they don't know shit. Mm. I'd rather talk to your staff than you because I know you don't know shit. You don't. Mm -hmm. At least you don't know the nuances of this Mm -hmm. thing. I can't have a nuance conversation come right. up with solutions with you that's not yeah that's why I, yeah speaking of that i feel like when kanye met with jared kushner he probably had more of an impact than his meetings with trouble and he was exactly. oh you're like a father to me bullshit yep. but like talking to jared kushner about economic empowerment that might have been some of the basis of the plan that i think of it yes i think so i think that meeting and i think the meeting with with q probably helped formulate a lot of that mm-hmm. and so um so what what happens is now that so people are mad at Ice Cube, basically because he met with Trump. 
I know I can't stand you niggas. I don't understand y'all. Bro. I was complaining all day about not getting anything from these these um candidates. Then when people go try to meet across the aisle and talk to these people, you get mad at them for doing that. Like you can't win with you niggas. <laughs> the one critique that I heard that made any level of sense is how the fuck what do you think is gonna get done two weeks before the election? Talking to the president who doesn't have a great chance, right? Yeah. Like, did you really think anything was going to get done? Or did you know, or should you have known that this was going to be used as a photo op, right? Like, yeah. as an opportunity to try to leverage your social cachet, your social capital mm-hmm. for my campaign, right? Like, so that was the one critique that I that I heard is like, Damn, y'all niggas been trying to meet with them for this long, and you could only meet with them right before yeah. the campaigns. You should have known that you were going to get finessed, right? Like you were. Yeah. My argument upon in for this. that is is that usually a meeting occurs when there are things po- both parties get out of something, get mm-hmm. out of it, right? So like for them, it may have been like we were able to meet with Ice Cube, and for Ice Cube, was, I actually got to tell these people my ideas, and they could maybe consider some of it, right? There's no sense in people meeting if there's not something that's going to be mutually beneficial for both parties. So, fine, you get the fucking photo out. At least you got some information, and I got to tell you where you're fucking up or where you can improve. Right. So, I'm cool with that. That was going to happen anyways. Even if it was a sincere meetup, there was still going to be a photo op. Right. So like, you know, this reminds me of when people were really mad at Jay-Z mm. for working with the NFL. Yeah, they still are. But what can someone explain this to me? <laughs> I think it's people that believe that we talked about this a while ago where like you should talk to people that have different views as you. People tend to be very comfortable listening, preaching to the choir or talking to an echo chamber about their views and opinions. Never because they want to talk shit about somebody else, but they don't want to sit down and talk to these people and get the chance to learn their views or even try to help them understand yours. It looks better because I guess it's like virtual signaling signaling to show like I'm this strict on my morals. I'm right. I don't want to meet with these people because they're wrong. Just want to argue with them and say they're wrong. You don't you don't really get a chance to resolve anything when you have that perspective. But people tend to really they like to hunker down on their views and. Not fuck with any other opinion. I find that so strange to me, though. Yeah. Because usually the way that you (laughs) change things is by engaging with people who disagree with you Mm -hmm. and learning. Like, they're supposed to learn some shit about you, and you're supposed to learn some shit about them. That's how there's a war. I don't understand why people are so conflict-averse. Like, this shit don't make no sense to me. Niggas is soft, man. Yeah, but why, though? Where did this shit come from? I don't understand. Because I feel like it has happened in my lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) That's the weird part about all of this, Mm, is that mm. I feel like I'm way too young to be able to notice shifts in society's behavior. Like, Mm. I shouldn't be able to notice that, bro. This shit should be happening slower than that. Does that make sense? Like, human evolution is supposed to take a long time. I think the internet age has made that evolution of things occur a lot faster. Yeah, I agree. And it makes you niggas weird, bro. Yeah. 
It makes you niggas weird. Like, we're the weirdos for not wanting to <laughs> hear right? someone out or try to sit down and negotiate with them. That's so yeah. wild to me. That's yeah. so wild to me. Um, and then, you know, with, with <laughs> the funny part is you have figures like Jay-Z and Ice Cube mm-hmm. who we trust. Exactly. Like, we, like... I want Jay Z and Ice Cube in mm-hmm. these conversations before I want Boozy and Plies. Mm. Before I want Kanye. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if I had to ch- if, if 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 the directive was given uh from a politician from the president that's saying, you know what, I will listen to any representatives from your culture, mm-hmm. they just have to have dropped an album before. Right? <laughs> and it had to be fired. <laughs> like if that was the caveat. I'm gonna choose yeah. Ice Cube and Jay Z towards pick the fucking top. Cardi B. I'm not choosing Cardi. I'm not choosing Ye. Yeah. I'm not choosing a lot of you niggas. And so, for a lot of what what blows my mind mm-hmm. is if we had a choice, <laughs> these are the niggas that would be in these rooms. Mm-hmm. And we mad about that? Yeah. Can't you can't win for losing with people, man? It's very very strange. Yeah. But this is why we're not me. free. Yeah. We should, we should, I'm pro, uh, we're probably going to do a, this is why we ain't free segment <laughs> on this podcast <clears throat> because there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of systemic things that have created the circumstances and mentalities that a lot of people suffer from that are disadvantaged. Right. Mm. Um, and I don't think that those things should be minimized, discounted, or not acknowledged in any form or fashion, mm. right? Yeah. At the same time, I also think that we cannot act like most of y'all ain't shit. <laughs> like these both of these things we have to understand how both of these things can be true at mm. the same time like uh, we need generally speaking mm-hmm. systems and processes that work for more people because we now have the most diverse generation that America has ever seen mm-hmm. some shit has to change to accommodate those people right That's very true yeah at the same time a lot of y'all are true Trash, just trash human beings, right? And so there has to be some level of personal accountability for the shit that you go through, the shit that happens, the shit that goes on around your universe. I think that a big chunk of that you can chalk up to systemic problems. Mm. But we also have to learn how to balance personal accountability and the things that you can change Mm -hmm. and affect. Versus the things that you can't. Um, I was having a conversation with my parents last week about capitalism and socialism. Mm. And thinking about, um, obviously, I'm about to get married. I'm about to start a family. Thinking Mm. about what kind of values that I want to instill on my family. Right. right? And thinking about, obviously, I'm in this social justice world um, and and do this type of work that is, like, left-leaning. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But honestly speaking, I think I have certain kind of conservative values too, right? Yeah. 
and trying to figure out, do I want to raise my kids with socialists, <laughs> communists, mm-hmm. capitalists, or some other type of value set, right? Right. And this was the conversation I was having with my parents last week, hmm. uh, which is wild because... I don't know, just talking to my parents about my household is <laughs> just weird. Like that was just a weird yeah, thing. That is a that role was reversal. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I what I the conclusion that I came to is that for me, mm-hmm. I can dedicate my life to fighting for equality while preparing my family and like creating a situation for my family to be best positioned within the system that we have. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm. So I can raise some young black capitalists who don't exploit other black people. (laughs) Right. I can, I can teach them how to figure out how to not be the exploited class within capitalism. True. So like, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was an interesting thing to like, think about what values you want to instill in an individual as a person and Mm -hmm. like how you would like for them to make decisions (laughs) in life. Right. But then also, you also have to think about, like, you kind of got to do what's best for you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, what makes sense for you in your situation, in your climate? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. very difficult. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's complicated shit we're talking about. I here. think about that a lot, too. Because, like, I think I'm conservative with my views on money, but liberal with my views on laws, for mm. like, how people should live their life. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can't fully lean either way on either side of those things because I feel like each type of belief requires a certain set of rules right. to apply to it. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. If the So, this is the way that I look at it. If the game is America, mm-hmm. right, America is the game, the rules are what you know, how you grow up, what's been instilled in you, hmm. right? Like Uno. Yes. Right? Exactly (laughs) like Uno. Depending on. Double draw for? Exactly. (laughs) So, depending on what you know and your understanding of the rules Mm -hmm. is going to dictate where you show up in America. Mm. And if you have uh, a certain understanding of the rules, you'll be finessed. Like, you'll be. And you won't even know what is happening to you. But if you do understand the rules, then you can control who's Man. being finessed for your benefit. <laughs> That's very true. And especially as far as dating, I, I feel like a lot of women are come across black women. Not a lot of them. Yeah. I'm sorry, a lot of them. Not all of them. <laughs> Shout out to the financially literate homegirls I have. Yeah. But um, they look at capitalism and making money as evil. Which shows to me you don't understand the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's very, I, and it's probably common amongst black men too. Especially like, I think black guys in particular when it comes to politics, they're like, that's not for us. They're like, no, nah, if you learn the rules of the game, you can make it for you. Exactly. And think about anything that black people have gotten involved with. <laughs> think about anything. Yeah. If you, fam, if you fuck up mm-hmm. and let us know how to do this shit, mm-hmm. it's over for anyone like your control over this arena is going to go away which is why they have to control you niggas knowing the rules that's Mm. why they tell y'all certain Mm. rules at certain times Mm. that's why when you're young you don't know shit yeah and when you no longer have the energy to do something about it that's when you learn everything that's why (laughs) this shit happens 
happens, bro. That's why Tupac said after 25, you're tired. Yeah. Like, you don't want to fight anymore. <laughs> You've been fighting yeah. too much. Yeah. You're tired at 25. A lot of times you don't even know what the fuck you're fighting against. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that, that like that's another important thing is that this shit is not only um not only is it it like it is what it is, but mm. it also is by design. Yeah. yeah. And it's literally a great design, but it has one huge flaw. What's that? All you have to do is learn it. Yeah. <laughs> All the information that you need is right in front of your face. Yeah, it's in a fucking book. Nigga. It's in the book itself. <laughs> it's in the book itself. Yeah. And, I, you know, that's what I think is probably America's greatest finesse mm. is that in educating our people, <laughs> yo, we do, America does what we do on this podcast. <laughs> think about this. We Can't will speak a certain language, mm-hmm. right? To capture a mass, but the language that we speak also speaks to certain people. Mm. <laughs> it speaks to certain individuals. Mm. That's funny you say that because I had a friend, um, one of his wife friends, heard we do a podcast. He's like, oh, you know, we're cool with each other. He's like, oh, you know, I want to check out your podcast, Justin. Then he told to my other friend, he's like, I don't know what they were talking about. I don't mm. understand those words. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, I never thought about it that way, but yes, only certain people understand some of the things we're saying. Exactly. Even you got to think about. It seems broad, but yeah. Right. I mean, it seems broad to us, but mm-hmm. I also think that the way that we approach it speaks a certain language to certain folks. Mm-hmm. So they may hear something that we say and be like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, 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 um, it hits different if you're in certain mind frames, I think. True. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what happens with America. I think that, you know, if you look at our history books, the inf- the what's being taught in schools, the information that you get that is being given to you is, number one, designed for a couple of purposes, right? To, you know, uh, uh, create like this team spirit, like go America type thing, right? Patriotism. Patriotism. It's also the purpose of giving you just enough information um, to feel one way or another, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, if you're able to understand shit and process shit a certain way, they're also telling you how America works. Mm. They're also saying, hey, yo, fam, check this out. <laughs> no matter what, yeah. we are going to do whatever it takes to get the outcomes that we believe in. If that means overthrowing the country that's running us, Mm. Or if that means creating systems of oppression to control certain people that we don't feel like we can control. Mm. If that means creating policies within the fabric of the structure of this country in order to control certain shit. Like all of this shit is intentional and it's speaking a language to people who can understand the language. Mm. But it's also what's dope about it is it's also designed to be able to control the masses <laughs> at the very same exact time. Mm. That shit is so amazing to me. Yeah. That's what to me it's genius. That's what makes America dope. Yeah, is that we have the ability to control people, but also give people the autonomy to do whatever the fuck you want to, mm. if you can figure out our rules. <laughs> like yeah. that's so wild to me. Think about yo, yeah. there's no old money in America that ain't 
that ain't criminal. It's illegal. That's a fact. None. That's a fact. The fabric of America is built on breaking the rule, figuring out how to break the rules, <laughs> pushing the rules, or doing some shit to make some rules exactly. for exactly like monopolies. That's back in the literally day. the yeah. whole the country bands. here. That's, yeah. that's what our yeah. whole shit is. Yeah. So of course it makes sense that people quote unquote get woke and feel like the fact that general society only recognizes two genders when there's actually 92 can be a fucking problem. Do you understand that? Yeah. Like this, this is the only place where that's a problem, where that's something that we need to address as society. Yeah. <laughs> think about that I think about like A lot of the shit Americans complain about a lot so I think about wild. other countries And I just started laughing I was like man We just don't know How good we got it sometimes It's America Yeah It's America Yeah That's the beauty of America <laughs> To me Is the beauty of America Yeah um, So another thing that uh, That kind of spoke To the climate That we're in in America Was Bill Burr's Saturday Night Live mm. Monologue it's Boy My mans You listen to the Bill Burr podcast not at all, but I, I I don't know how the fuck I end up watching the monologue. I think because I know you fuck with him. I was like, let me see what this monologue you know hitting on. This it nigga was Bill good. Burr, it was good. This nigga Bill Burr did. Uh, I'm actually hearing a lot of people say that, technically speaking, mm-hmm. based on this monologue, that Bill Burr has taken over the number one spot in comedy uh, over Chappelle. And the reason is, it makes sense to me because Chappelle's last shit wasn't comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was social commentary. Okay. Burr's last shit was social commentary and comedy. So I think that I think people have a kind of a recency bias. It's, it ain't yeah. really true. That's not proof. Exactly. It's still debatable, but it's a good piece of okay. evidence. <laughs> so this week, Bill Burr put out a monologue for, or I guess last week. Put out a monologue for uh, Saturday Night Live Mm -hmm. um, and spoke about a lot of topics that were relevant to just our current events, just like a comedian, uh, a comedian supposed to. Bill Burr was the first comedian since George Carlin to host Saturday Night Live, correct? Really? And also George Carlin was the first comedian to host Saturday Night Live. That's crazy. Hold on. That can't be true. Look at Eddie Murphy just hosted it when he was like doing his thing, didn't he? So well, maybe not, that first maybe. part isn't true. The first comedian, <laughs> the first comedian to host Saturday Night Live, I know for a fact was George Carlin. Okay. And now that you say that Pete Davidson hosted, <laughs> fucking Eddie hosted. Yeah. Although yeah. Eddie wasn't a comedian when he yeah. hosted, but yeah. I don't think he's considered a comedian. Yeah. No. But yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it was it was kind of uh, in the in the I guess com- comedic space. It was a historic thing that he was even. Performing right. right so now let's get Into the content of what he talked about what did he Talk about he talked about White folks he talked about white women mm-hmm. Talked about gay people Talked, talked about, about gay folks talked about black people Talked about black folks yeah. so he talked about all The things that um, Are hot Button topics yeah. in Society right about now and all I think Cancel that, topics yeah all the anything Basically, anything that could get you canceled, he tackled. (laughs) And he did it in a fucking brilliant way, exposing the holier than thou's. And I thought he did it in such a way that was beautiful. Because what he did as a white man, Mm 
mm-hmm. is he didn't escape accountability. Mm. And that right there, just letting some of y'all know, mm-hmm. is what a lot of the beef with women people are is that you don't <laughs> people are able to escape accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Which is a whole nother subject because I don't know any women that take accountability for anything that they do. I know a good three. I don't know any. I know three. They don't take it. A couple of them don't take it right away, but they do. I will give them their props, but it's kind of like pulling teeth sometimes. <laughs> Some, yeah, I'm <laughs> marrying one that doesn't do it. So <laughs> that tells you where my expectations are. Um, oh, man, somebody's sleeping on the couch tonight. Not tonight. Tuesday night. Maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next week. Um, so Bill Burr talked about, um, he talked about the coup that white women have pulled in terms of the progressive movement. Mm. And he did it in a way that made white women defensive. Yeah. And I think made because like, it was made true. Point. Yeah. <laughs> so the general sentiment that Bill Burr expressed is that how the fuck did white women take over the Me Too movement or any of these like woke movements mm-hmm. when y'all have been not only complicit but accomplices mm. in a lot of the persecution, oppression of people? It was spinning. He was fucking spitting. He made the best point that I think he made was how the fuck is it that you white women sat by our, us white men's side as we <laughs> enslaved people. And then when you wanted to go get some outside action, mm-hmm. you lied about it and said it was a <laughs> consensual when you got caught. <laughs> and <laughs> the fact that like... This is the genius of Bill Burr because mm. by saying that, everyone is going to think about who? Emmett Till, mm-hmm. right? But those in the know know that this is a thing to this day. <laughs> to this day! <laughs> that is real and relevant and still happening, yeah. right? There's, a, there's, a, there's books being written mm. about white women tears. Mm. And how those are weapons. Mm. <laughs> White women tears. All them caring videos. Yeah. Like <laughs> th- these are. So to see um, Bill Burr be able to connect the complaints of folks that he has nothing in common with. Yeah. I have to add an asterisk there. He has a black wife. True. He has a black kid. So there's that. He but looks like the most least, least likely person you ever to, to ever see with a black be in an interracial relationship. Yeah, shout out to him. And also, if you know his personality, you would yeah, you be hard pressed yeah. to find. He's a Boston about, guy too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You would yeah. also be hard pressed to find a black woman that would fuck with a Bilber. Yeah. So like, there's that too. Yeah, <laughs> I would actually want to meet his wife. Yeah, his wife was a com- is a comedian too. Oh, okay, I don't know yeah. that. Okay, uh, but I think at this point she does less stand up and does a lot more writing. Yeah, I'm like that nigga getting paid. What she needs to? Yeah, she <laughs> she might not be working at all. But um, he did. He has a, a an amazing ability to mm-hmm. be on the oppressor side mm-hmm. and be like, "Hey, yo, all of this shit is fucked up," <laughs> and I think that that is really really dope. Mm. My favorite thing about Bill Burr, though, is that, you know, if you listen to his podcast, I listen to his, uh, he has a podcast that comes out remarkably like ours, Monday and Thursdays. 
Uh, or is this Friday? So we changed that. But <laughs> his, um, he, he, he's just really good. If you know him and understand him, mm. this man is a fucking conservative. Mm. Okay, <laughs> like Which he, is not surprising. No, he's a he's older a, white guy from Boston. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, like, what's so funny is based on him being a stand-up comic, traveling the country, having a black wife and child. He has certain nuanced understandings of certain shit, yeah. but at the end of the day, he's still a motherfucking white dude from Boston. <laughs> and so, in, in in his monologue, I feel like he did a really good job of bridging that gap. Mm. Of like, listen, man, I got some common sense shit here mm-hmm. <laughs> that just makes sense for common sense shit. But then also... I'm not going to escape the accountability for some wild shit that my people have done. The most important thing that he said to me in his monologue was white women sit down next to me (laughs) and take your talking to. (laughs) That was the most important thing that I heard him say, because what it does was it it simultaneously acknowledged like I'm not holier than I'm a white dude. Mm -hmm. We bogus. (laughs) But also, you don't get to escape accountability as if you did nothing. Like, you have mm-hmm. no role in this, let alone trying to act like you belong to the oppressed class that we've been oppressing. Mm. Like, no, bitch. Mm. You, right, you've been on my side. Mm. Stay on my side. <laughs> yeah. That's really, really important. That's yeah. really important. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the most important part about all of this was white women were mad at him. Yeah, people tend to get mad when you tell the truth. That's that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's when you I, tell the truth on them. On them, I saw so many people, so many white women on uh, on Twitter responding to the like video clips saying, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, we love hearing rich white men tell us mm-hmm. what 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 our problems should and shouldn't be." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Ah, oh, y'all don't get it. Yeah, y'all are making his point for him." <laughs> it was like, "Oh yeah, cuz sexual harassment isn't a big deal for women." I was like, "No. What? It is a big deal for women." But you white women trying to act like you get sexually harassed more mm. <laughs> than these, uh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that is Or they'll sexually people. harass someone and say they did some bullshit. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. That was just super interesting. I thought it was brilliant by Bill Burr. Uh, I thought he did a really good job. I think that, you know, as comedians, you always have this kind of uh, platform to be able to have these social conversations and commentary about things. But when you have a platform like SNL, Uh, where it's like the... um, Because I think he did a really good job of, of speaking to the woke values... Mm-hmm. By calling out woke people mm-hmm. <laughs> Right Like he was calling out the hypocrisy of wokeness Yeah In that little six minute monologue <laughs> And when you can say things about that Like that about people who spend Five minutes speaking mm. Right that lets you know that Some shit that was some real shit yeah. You know what I mean when people look at Chappelle's stand ups and are able to Like come up with Entire Breakdowns of society based on a fucking stand up, mm. you know, they're doing some like real true, true critiques of society. Yeah, critiques. Yeah, critiques. Yeah. Critiques. <laughs> critiques. No R's. 
Um, all right, let's go ahead and wrap this podcast up with a music segment. There's okay. a few different music things I want to get to. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is Cardi and Offset being back together. Mm. Uh, the reason why I want to talk about that is because I never thought they were apart. <laughs> and I think That's that... That's true. That's true. You know, we got to, as a society, we got to learn how to contextualize relationships bro because um i think that we live in a in a day and age where you know the breakup quote unquote ain't the breakup that Mm. we grew up with like niggas used to write songs and cry about the breakup you understand that do you understand that the breakup used to be like um like a thing like that the breakup in and of itself was a <laughs> was a whole phase of relationships, right? Nowadays, that's just kind of part of it. Like you're gonna break up, you're gonna do some shit, you're gonna be embarrassed, you're gonna embarrass yourself, mm. you're gonna your friends are gonna embarrass you, you're gonna do some dumb shit. And the breakup is just part of the relationship now. <laughs> it's not no And the reason they broke up was it wasn't even a, a good reason. She said they just kept arguing. That's that's something like very simple to work around. It's not working a divorce over. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met a woman who's uh oh? Don't get us canceled. Uh, original plan to address a situation was. Over enthusiastic or perhaps too far in the direction to solve in the opposite direction of solving the problem. Like what? Like can you say that simpler? Like, I feel like you're trying to work around. Like, Have you ever met a woman who overreacted to something? <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. I was trying so hard. I was trying so hard. <laughs> so. But that's what it comes down to. Have you ever met somebody that overreacted to some shit? Absolutely. Do women overreact to things more than men? Most most of the time, yeah. I do know some niggas that tend to overreact. But yeah, from my experience, my personal dating experience, yes. What's funny about that is I think that niggas overreact more, mm. but yeah, women overreact. Mm-hmm. No, but women overreact consistently. Mm. So like when, when as niggas we overreact, it might be overboard or overblown, but we don't do it that much. I feel like also, just the male friends I have. I don't know if it's just like a selection bias because of the friends I have. They'll, a lot of times. If they overreact or before they overreact, they'll ask other people. Mm. I don't know if that's the same thing that happens with women. It, a lot of times it seems to spur of the moment, but also I don't know. Yeah. But with my, most of my male friends, a lot of times, like, was I tripping? Or I've been having this experience. What do you guys think about this? 
It's like we need some verification yeah. to like acknowledge <laughs> that yeah. this is wild yeah. <laughs> before I start. But I do have like a couple homies that just do some shit and be like, yeah, man, I did this. And I'm like, nigga, what were you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it, it, I guess go both ways. But yeah, from my personal experience, I do feel like it might be my perspective of just not taking things as serious as a lot of people. So maybe it, it may seem like overreacting to me because a mm. lot of times I'm like, if you didn't die and nobody insulted your bloodline, I think you can probably figure this out. It's nothing too crazy. You know, one 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 other thought about this whole situation is, uh, you know, I said this earlier, and we might not have time to go get into it now, but mm-hmm. I don't think Cardi is just innocent in this relationship. Mm. I think that there's some shit that she may have done that Offset feels a way about, but is just not in a position to bring them up or confront. He's still in the position of making amends. Mm. Um, <clears throat> that's so what I think that's the thing. Got no Migos music coming out. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that <laughs> Migos and Drake mixtape that was supposed to come out. Really? Remember huh. when it was on tour? It was Drake supposed to be a whole fucking mixtape with everybody. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's supposed to do some shit with Knife Wonder or Little Brother or something back in the day. I ain't seen that shit. <laughs> so yeah, man. I think uh, I just want to shout out to uh, the Cardi B and Offsets and and Travis Scotts and Kylie Jenner's of the world, where they're making quote unquote failed relationships work. Mm. These niggas. You know, I think that Cardi and Offset are still trying to, like, hide behind the whole, like, concept of marriage thing. But I do think that both of these are two examples of couples who have figured out how to manage family, Mm -hmm. careers, and their relationships. Mm -hmm. Even if they're figuring that out publicly. And these people are young, too. And they're all young. So I think that's that's actually very important. That's actually very, very important because... Like I, I'm I'm turning thirty in the spring, and there's just certain shit I just Old don't even. Nigga. Yeah, I just don't even want to discuss with nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like understanding yeah. the like intentional pressure that they're putting themselves mm-hmm. by like being in public with these things mm-hmm. like that's. I mean, I I can only commend them because what they're doing is they're testing their relationships, mm-hmm. right? And if their relationships don't pass the test, then it wasn't for them. Exactly. And if they do, then you know you got some dope shit. <laughs> so, exactly. like, that's one of the things that I like about, uh, I guess, the newer generations, us and younger folks and their approach to relationships. Like, they're not forcing no shit. Mm. Like, bitch, just because I smashed you in high school don't mean I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. Right? Like, I know a lot of people. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no I'm just saying, I know a lot of, like, older mm. folks who were, quote, unquote, High school got, sweethearts oh, okay, got, that got, 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 got no nigga I smashed. Oh, man, this came out. No no no. But in reality, what that was was I, I smashed you. I the high school. You. I got I'm you. I'm with you forever. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to incriminate you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's one thing that I think is dope about like one of the very few things that I think is dope about this like mm. newer generations is like nah our relationships are going to be a little bit more authentic even mm. if they stop start from a more um, I guess material or facetious or like just not important aspect. It's like right. the long term shit, whatever is established long term in this day and age, you know mm. it's some real shit. <laughs> right? Like you know yeah. it's yeah. some authentic real love. Yeah. 
Because that's the only shit that's going to be able to survive clout mm. and follows and likes True. and views. That's you know point. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Shout out to them. Um, we got to get into these lyrics, man. It was a very important uh, week for music releases. <laughs> Aubrey did it again, y'all. Aubrey did it again. There's a um, there's a song out with uh, a gentleman by the name of Young Blue, out of Alabama, out of Alabama. <laughs> Roll Tide. This um, I said this when you played the song earlier today. I think this is the or no, I said it. I didn't say it here. I said it earlier today. But this is the song of the fall, <laughs> right? Um, <clears throat> this is going to be This is the perfect Cuffing season Fucking Fall Song um, mm-hmm. For a number of different reasons But there's a specific thing There's a specific bar By Aubrey that I want to talk about mm-hmm. um, That concerns hugs <laughs> that concerns us. Yeah, so I'm gonna play this. This is a great song, by the way. This is an amazing song. Oh, and I don't wanna go unless you make me pretty face, pretty tender. But pretty taught me ugly lessons. Pretty at me giving more than I was getting. So pretty don't come with something where well, then I did it. Shame to tell my friends how much I do for you. Cause they know that you would never do the same for me. I wasn't looking for your secrets, they just came to me And they contradicted everything you claim to be I took you to the club and you hugged on somebody that I know And I know them type of hugs Same shit I do to women when I know I used to fuck And I know they with they nigga, but they never brought it up I'm down these days, down to do better Cause you know I done enough You should lay it down, we'll talk about it when you up But she don't wanna go to sleep, she angry <clears throat> all right, all right, enough. There was, <laughs> there was so much here. There's, um, I think it's important to note that uh, Drake brought up things that anyone who's ever been in any, in any type of relationship can understand and relate to. Mm. I think that's important. That I think is Drake's skill. Is he's a nigga <laughs> who makes songs for women. By speaking honestly about how men feel. <laughs> that's wow, so that's a great breakdown. That's so wild to be. That's a very accurate breakdown. The other yeah. thing is for some reason, bitches listen to Drake. They don't listen to the, the rest of us when we get vulnerable and tell how we feel. It's yeah, not yeah. the reason why niggas fuck with Drake is because he somehow says it in ways that we can't. Like yeah. women listen to him when he says it. That's funny because I know some women that don't fuck with Drake because of that. <laughs> that's so that, that's very interesting. Um, <laughs> yo, that's actually super interesting. Um, so yeah, once again, Aubrey has managed to capture both sides here, mm. right? Mm. Um, obviously, what I'm talking about is the line, um, the, the what, what's being talked about generally is the line where he talks about hugs. Mm-hmm. You know, I took you to the club, you gave someone a hug, and I know them type of hugs because that's the same type of shit I do to bitches that I don't fuck, I don't fuck. And that they didn't bring it up. <laughs> so, like, I I see what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Damn, bitch, you fucked this nigga. You wasn't going to tell me that. Right? Like, that's mm-hmm. 
kind of the breakdown. Um, and I think that's something that we need to talk about. When are you supposed to bring... Oh, I didn't even do that on purpose. That was hard, though. When are you supposed to bring your current piece around previous work? And how do you communicate that? What is the expectations of communications there? What? 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 That's tricky for me. Man, this is like... We don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, we don't have yeah, time. Yeah, that might... <laughs> we might have to have a part two of this conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, it's tricky to me because a lot of the women that are my friends I've dated. <clears throat> so. Before or after becoming friends? Some. Yeah. Both. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's tricky for me when I have new women in my life to bring my friends, women friends around them because. No matter what, it always seems like there's some kind of hostility or tension in the room, mm. um, depending on who's giving it off. I don't know. Yeah. Some people just don't like <laughs> meeting exes. Yeah. Or they make assumptions about the exes where, like, it kind of sucks for me because I'm the type of person, if I've decided to deal with someone, I'm not going to mess with anybody else. You know, black men don't cheat. Right. So... Like, even if they believe that and trust that, when those women come around, they still, it still creates an issue. Mm-hmm. There may be some overreacting. But, uh, <laughs> overreacting? What? <laughs> so, yeah, it's tricky for me. So, like, I just tend to avoid it overall, to be honest with you. Would you say, would you say that there's an equal level of animosity, maybe the a strong word, but, uh, I guess raised eyebrows from both ends, like your female friends and the females that you're dating, or is it usually just from the folks that you're dating having insecurities about your friends? Are you sure that one more time? Yeah. Is it, um, is it reciprocated energy? No, 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 no. Okay. From the women. Okay. From your friends and the folks that you're dating. Yeah. To those opposite entities, I guess, right? Like, do your female friends, uh, perhaps intentionally or, you know, I don't, in an extra fashion, put I, pressure on the people that you're dating, as well as the people that you're dating may be uncomfortable about your relationship with your female friends. I like, don't think are both of those things happening, or is it usually more so on the end of the folks that you're dating? I just keep them separate, so I never really have gotcha. pressure either way. Well, and that's a reaction to having problems with that in the past, right? To keep them separate? I just know how some, listening to how they might talk about someone I'm dating or someone that's my friend, I was like, there's no way that they can meet and there not be an mm. issue. So I guess it's kind of learning from other people's mistake situation. Where it's funny, I had a situation where I started dating someone. I didn't know it at the time, but I'm on our first date, I met someone she used to date. They were still friends. But I didn't know that too much later on. And once I found that out, I didn't necessarily get offended, but it made me more observant of how they interacted. So I had to, I didn't want to make assumptions, so I observed, and I observed that they did not fuck with each other like that anymore. Mm. So it made me, like, um, cool with the situation 
end up being really good friends with the guy. Actually, he's my, he's my Eskimo brother now. Nice. So, <laughs> I mean, y'all was to be <laughs> right. Y'all so. being Eskimo <laughs> but I guess that kind of shows like similarities as far as um, types of guys women like. Right. But I feel like in Drake's scenario, where like her sleeping with another man is probably someone that he's in a competitive field with as far as music. Yep. So like I can see that can be being completely different than like some person you don't know from Adam yep. and meeting them and finding this out. That's what's amazing about this bar to me is that it's relevant for you regular niggas, <laughs> but it also speaks to his own personal experience. He took someone to the club and she went and hugged on someone. Drake mm. don't see nobody at the club that ain't also rich and famous like him. True. So damn bitch, you didn't, you didn't, Left my section <laughs> to go say what's up to your ex, and knowing me and this nigga got beef. Like this nigga won't put my song out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's a different type of beef, other than just your, you know, your everyday <laughs> insecurities, right? What I thought was amazing about this was, uh, I feel like it, 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 it served the ultimate purpose of art. Which is to spark conversation Because mm. I played this song for my fiance Earlier today <laughs> And immediately after that bar She goes Oh that's why you were mad that one time Like she was <laughs> able to <laughs> Translate those few words Into an actual situation that we had And, and was able to understand How I reacted Based on these couple words. So was your man's intuition right about? Oh, yes, of course. Okay, there we go. Yeah. And it was funny <laughs> is it took three years for her to admit that I was right. That's what's so funny about wow. it. So, like, it Taking was a situation. Yeah, it was a situation <laughs> that uh, she got a, we was out together. Mm-hmm. And she got a hug that I felt was inappropriate. Huh. The only difference in this situation was she actually... Like they hadn't had no situation before, but Buddy had been wanting to, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So his hug was extra, and I got mad about it because I know them type of hugs, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it was funny because in the moment I was told I was overreacting and being too much or whatever, right? But when this song came out, she goes, "Oh, that's why you acted like that when I got that hug at this certain point in time." I was like, "Yeah," because I know them type of hugs. Mm. And she goes, you know what's funny? I never did anything with that person, but that hug was extra. <laughs> so like late years later, she admitted that like, yeah, no, I could, yeah, that that was a bit much. Even though in the moment it was, oh, you insecure, you do it too so much. You know what I mean? Okay, so your man's intuition was off. No, inti- I'm my man's the inti- intuition, the intuition was, was that that something. hug was too much. Right, that's clearly what you see with your eyes. I thought the intuition part, what I meant by that was, you assume they did something together in the past, based off that hug. Um, you know, maybe my intuition isn't that developed to be able to pinpoint a scenario. I just know when some shit ain't right. And that hug mm. was too much. Okay. And she recognized that the hug was too much. She knew. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. And the funny thing is, I'm not the jealous type at all. Like, me and Whitney go out. Sometimes 
we come there together and leave together, and that's it. Like we might not see each other the whole time we there. Mm. Uh, so I don't like I don't give a fuck if she be dancing with people and all this other. Mm. Shit. I don't care about that. Yeah, I'm saying, but if I see something that makes me act out of character in that arena, then it it's probably some extra shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's what that's what she said. She was like, "Damn, I didn't under like in the moment. I I, I was tweaking or whatever. Like, I thought she was overreacting, but like mm-hmm. now that I think about it, yeah, that hug was too much. <laughs> that nigga was thirsty. You know what I'm saying? Like now you're able to recognize it and acknowledge it. Um, <clears throat> Better so late yeah. than never, I guess. For sure. All right, let's get into song of the week uh, and wrap this thing on up. You got a song of the week? I absolutely do. You want me to go first or? You can go first. All right. I knew you was going to say that shit, nigga. <laughs> I got right. my song already. My song of the week is a bit of a throwback. Mm. Um, you know, this gentleman, he started off as a writer. Then he became a stand-up comedian. Then he started doing his own show. Then he started making music. A lot of people oh, really fuck with his music. Um like, I've been fucking with his music for a while now, but I know, like, when he made music, the song um, Redbone is when people really started appreciating him as an artist. But I thought he was really dope. Um, I think he was, back then, we call his rap, like, nerdcore rap. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think he was really dope back then. Um, he had a really good delivery, and, you know, he kind of talked about relationship stuff kind of, not along the lines of a Drake, because Drake is a little bit more fly with his. But <laughs> Somehow. I don't understand that. But please, <laughs> I don't get but yes. it. So, he light skin. That's what it is, light skin privilege. <laughs> so this is uh, Firefly by Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover. Now when they see us in the streets, all they want to do is take pics. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, and when okay. they hear us on the beat, all they wanna do is make hits And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay And if you're feeling how I'm feeling Now the world should be perfectly I'm fire like a third degree And suddenly, shawty, we got so high Firefly Skateboarding down at Washington Square Looking for quarters, maybe a quarter falafel for dinner uh. I'm so broke, man. Scholarship apology. Facebook messages from college kids who hollering. Girls like, we love you. We go to LSU. You got to do a show so we can come and molest you. <laughs> this rap stuff is magic. I used to get called Oreo and faggot. I used to get more laughs when I got laughed at. Oh, you got a mixtape? That's fantastic. But everybody thought it was jokes, though. They have right. The joke is I got flow, so don't act like you ain't sitting there with your friends like it can't be. I know Donald Club, but he weak, man. He can't be. I'm still not down, but I up the ante. Me and hip hop, that black Sid and Nancy. Now, Let them know. Make hold the footsteps you following. 
Especially when your niggas look like Carlton The pretty girls using skin so soft Only be liking black dudes with their hats broke off Nigga, you act too soft Fuck you, I'm from the projects My mama's just working to give me options No live shows, cause I can't find sponsors For the only black kid at a Suvian concert Yeah, so, what you gonna do, man? You don't speak to the hood, man If I was given one chance, I think I could, man These black kids want something new, I swear it Something they wanna say but couldn't cause they embarrassed All I do is make the stuff I woulda liked Reference things I wanna watch, reference girls I wanna fight <laughs> Now I'm firefly like a burning kite And use a fake fuck like a fleshlight Even dudes who like me straight looking at me crazy Like how the hell you drop an EP and meet Jay-Z Girls who used to tell me I ain't cool enough Now text me pics saying you can tear this up I don't really like shades, big rims, or jewelry But getting time of day from a model is new to me Being me isn't as hard as it used to be Now everyone sing the chorus, man, you do it so beautifully I never thought about how much Kanye might influence him, especially earlier on years. I just never put the two together. That's a great point, though. I don't know as much as the later stuff, but definitely early on. Because the later stuff seems maybe some other inspirations. Yeah. Okay. Good observation, my brother. Appreciate that. Um, I'm going to play the title track off of Benny the Butt. Oh, shit. I'm tweaking. I'm going to play the title track off of uh, Benny the Butcher's album, Burden of Proof. See, I wanted to do that, but I feel like we don't need two Benny the Butcher songs. <laughs> ah. What you coming, nigga? The army is doing something about the weather. Ah, yeah, I'm back, nigga. Yeah, I'm back, nigga. Fuck niggas is talking about. Fuck all that who the best shit, this and that. Y'all know what the fuck it is with me. Ah, the butcher coming, nigga. Yo, last year was about branding. This one about expanding. Caught a flight to Cali, made 24, I landed This rap shit easy, tell the truth, I can't stand it If I ain't had these F's, I put a brick in transit Ask about me, all I did was get advice from niggas who sell a white Threw the money on the table before the plug said the price I was eager, ain't no tomorrows, I could be dead tonight I was seasoned like Pat Leather, Jordan 11 Mike I need a trunk full of cash, my foot stuck to the gas That's a buck in the stash, doing a buck and a half I hung with hustlers, guys who sold hundreds of bags They front you some many onions that'll come with a jag The life of niggas who live it, the price for niggas who did it Hoes fall in love when you look like a nigga who get it I know how I feel when they don't like that you did it different Cause they dick riding trends just like them niggas you mimic, yeah 
I was young in my prison phases. How you know you really gangster? Jail cells while I learned decision making. 50 grand in the refrigerator, living room, killers waiting, plastic on the floor like we renovating. This not for kids, so you gotta excuse it. Y'all don't spend enough on guns, but a lot with the jeweler. I spent a bunch on guns and a lot with the jeweler. They bought a crib for my bitch and gave a block to my shooters. Who you know that tote blocks and sold rocks to abusers? The dead record breaking numbers broke locks for the movement. That was me with no pops, my coke spots was exclusive. Walk around with this froze watch, cause no ops wanna do it. Let's go, nigga. What the fuck is you talking about? Eastside Buffalo shit, nigga. Montana shit. 1300 shit. What you coming, nigga? Shout out to Benny, man. This album is amazing. It's absolutely fantastic. It's shorter than I thought, which actually makes it really good to me. Pause. Oh. Hey, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, when you have these, like, when you have rapidy rap, 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 yeah. it's hard sometimes to do a lot of songs. If that makes sense, because people get overwhelmed with all those mm. lyrics and all of that shit. Yeah. But I feel like this album was the perfect mix of. It's nice and short. It's succinct. Um, yeah, the, my favorite rap albums are under like twelve songs. Yeah, like, yeah, for real. A lot of the classics, Illmatic, Ten Songs. Yep. Shout out to the whole Griselda camp, man. These niggas keep snapping. These niggas put an album out every week. Every week is the best album of the, the new, week. The new, new. Yeah, no limit. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's the weird part is, objectively speaking, most weeks, their project is the best one of the week. Whether you like, yeah, like just quality speaking. Kanye just came out with like two weeks ago with a great album. Yeah, yeah. shit was amazing. Like, what the nigga, y'all mm. just throwing this shit out. It don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah, shit, wow. <laughs> Shit wow, shit wow. Um, shout out to Benny, man. That album is dope. Also, I also have to say this. Lil Wayne ate his ass up on his own song. You think so? Yeah. And no, Big Sean and Lil Wayne. I was going to say, I think. <laughs> That's the weird part. Yeah, too. I was about to say that. I wonder if he, I could see Benny like letting him have his verse on there first. Are you crazy? No, I could see. No, not letting them, but like having his verse on there first. And he just being, trying to be in. Integral for and just not changing his verse after they come through, because I know some people will go back and rewrite that verse. Yeah, no, nah, I'm assuming maybe he didn't. My song. I'm assuming he didn't rewrite that verse. Yeah, no, nah, you ain't finna do that to me on my song <laughs> on my album. Those are two niggas to kind of, as far as like young, well, Little Wayne's younger, but but as far as like to write behind. Nope. Like I don't like a black <laughs> uh, Jay Z, Black Thought, or Royce, or Eminem. Like those are some of the hardest people to write behind of that era. Okay, like, but also, can you tell me which one of them wouldn't rewrite their verse based on what they heard from the other one? I feel like I've heard Roy. Would. Ooh, Lupe too, man. I feel like I've heard a couple of them say they. I know Big Sean did said he wouldn't. Re, he didn't rewrite his um. What you call it? Verse. Uh, blessings. Control. Oh, control, control, control. Yeah, his blessings verse was though. But yeah, he didn't. I know he didn't rewrite that. What she. Probably should have or could have. Mm-hmm. So you like Kendrick Shine? You might have just been happy enough to get those features and not want to, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're not going to eat me up on my album. <laughs> I can't go. <laughs> Nigga, I will, I will just redo my... It's my shit. It's funny. <laughs> I'll the, just redo mine. <laughs> the least rapidly rap listening person I know was fucking with that song, which was surprising to me. The uh, Timeless, the Lil Wayne, Big Shine, mm-hmm. and Benny song? Uh, uh, 
Dr. BRB was fucking with it. You know, oh, she really? don't listen to like the yeah. niggas from the South. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I was like, wow, I'm, I'm impressed. Benny doing his thing. That's you know? what's up. People fucking with it. Shout out to Benny the Butcher, man. Uh, the Butcher, nigga, come. Uh, the Butcher coming, nigga. <laughs> I fucked that up. <laughs> Keeping that in there. <laughs> the nigga coming, Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man, with that, shit. it has been uh, what episode are we on? 38, 39, something like that. 39, I believe. 39, yeah. episode 39 of the Self Medicated Podcast. Uh, as always, I am your host, The Wayfair, aka Quentin Quarantino, aka The Banter Boss, aka Jon Snow, because I know absolutely nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. These are facts. What's Shorty's name again? Brian? No, not Brian. Uh, she's uh, a wildling. I don't remember her name. The wildling. Yeah, I got to remember that. Um, here as always with the captain of the igloo, young iPhone, young popular and friendly, aka the box hunter, <laughs> aka one pop poppy, aka the bottom feeder. Uh, it's the self medicated podcast for October 19th, and we out.